Hey everybody, welcome back to Murder Alphabet Soup. I'm Kira. Uh, I've had a busy couple of weeks and now the holidays have just come out of nowhere. So happy holidays to everyone out there. The case that we're talking about today is nuts. I mean, it's never not, but there's a lot going on in it. There's fame, love, drugs, manhunts, muscles, and of course, murder. J is for jacked, and we're talking about the murder of Melissa James. There's a book about this case called Fire in the Desert by Glenn Pewitt, if anyone is interested in checking that out. Um, there's actually a good amount of info out there on this case, almost to a fault, because there ends up being a lot of assumptions made about exactly why Melissa was murdered. But I did my best to provide the information that we know is there, and then maybe at the end we'll talk more about theories. So let's get into it. Kelly Ryan was born July 10, 1972, in Minneapolis, Minnesota. She was interested in athletics from a really early age. She was involved in gymnastics at the age of eight. Later in high school, she took up cheerleading and basketball, and she was overall a pretty active kid. After high school, Kelly pursued journalism at the University of South Carolina, and while studying there, she worked as a choreographer, and she was also really involved in gymnastics. These skills would later be really useful in her bodybuilding career. After college, she wanted to try out for the LA Lakers cheerleading team. Like, that was her goal. So one day, she sees a women's bodybuilding competition on TV, and this made her realize that this was something she wanted to pursue. Her first fitness competition was the MPC South Carolina State in 1995, where she placed first. In the bodybuilding community, she had the nickname Flyin' Ryan for the way she would perform in bodybuilding competitions. She would do all these flips and tumbles across the stage really fast and enthusiastically, and she just performed on stage like nobody else could. Her routines earned her endorsements and titles. She went on to win multiple competitions. At one time, she held the Miss Fitness USA Championship title for seven years straight. It was in 1999 that Kelly caught the eye of Craig Titus, a fellow well-known bodybuilder. Craig grew up in Riverview, Michigan, along with a younger brother and sister. In high school, he played football, but ended up quitting because he was a bit on the smaller side, about 5'6", and he also ended up wrestling at about 132 pounds. After high school, by the age of 21, he was seeing really good results from weight training, going from 140 to about 185 pounds, and by this time he had also grown to about 5'8". Craig really liked the results he was seeing and decided he wanted to become a bodybuilder. Titus's first bodybuilding show was the 1988 Houston Bodybuilding Championships, in which he won the men's open middleweight class and the overall title. He went on to win the Ironman title and Mr. Olympia, as well as being featured on countless magazine covers. Although Kelly wasn't won over by Craig at first due to his kind of bad boy reputation, he continued to pursue her and she eventually got to see the softer side of him and they became a couple. Kelly and Craig went on to get married in 2003 and they were featured on multiple magazine covers and fitness exposés together. They ended up moving to and working in Las Vegas. They were 
a total power couple. They made appearances, had sponsorships. They were just, you know, living their best life. This is when Melissa James comes into the picture. Melissa met Craig in 1996 at a fitness competition while working a table there, and they quickly became friends. Melissa was from Panama City, Florida. She was born on March 23, 1977. She opened up a dance studio at the age of 19, and she had always had a passion for dance, having taken lessons since she was about seven years old. She reportedly really cared about the kids in the area and helped underprivileged kids still be able to learn dance with her at her studio. She specialized in jazz and ballet and did a lot of choreography. She also did local modeling commercials and some TV work. Overall, she was known as a bubbly, friendly person. In 2005, she moved out to Vegas to be a live-in assistant to Craig and Kelly. At this time, they were opening up Ice Gear Sports clothing line, starting their own clothing line, and basically she was going to be their assistant and help manage this clothing line. Melissa did this in hopes of earning money and being able to open up another dance studio, support the studio that she had in Panama City that was going through some rougher times, and hopefully go back to school at some point. It also didn't hurt that there was the allure of the glamour of Vegas and meeting all of these well-known and successful people. It was going to be, you know, fun and exciting, you know, especially Vegas at that time was really a big place to be. And this seemed like a great opportunity for her to get her foot in the door of the fitness world. But once she got there, the excitement didn't seem to last long. Craig and Kelly were often in a drug-induced paranoia. Kelly had accused Melissa of stealing credit cards and documents of hers, and things were getting increasingly more tense between the three of them. And at this time, Craig and Kelly were, they were using steroids, they were using other drugs such as cocaine and methamphetamine, and it just really made for a volatile environment. Melissa and Craig were also sexually involved, and one of their friends has, had even said that Kelly knew about it and they were all kind of in this open relationship, but Kelly was getting increasingly jealous of Melissa. On December 14th, 2005, Kelly Ryan's burned Jaguar was found on a dirt road on the outskirts of Las Vegas with a body in the trunk. This happened after a trucker saw two vehicles speeding past him, a Jaguar and a gray truck. Not long after, just the gray truck without the Jaguar behind it goes speeding the other way. The trucker then, after driving a little bit, sees the burning Jaguar on the side of the road and calls 911. After being able to trace the car back to Kelly, since her license plate was luckily still readable, police initially thought that the body was Kelly. But to their surprise, when they went to Craig and Kelly's home to tell Craig, you know, what had been going on, Kelly answered the door and reportedly wasn't even all that shocked when she was informed that they had found her car totally burned up with a body in the trunk. She and Craig are talking with police and they're saying, oh yeah, we were just about to call you guys. We were just about to call the police. And their story was that they went to sleep the night before. And then they woke up that morning and the Jaguar was gone. Kelly insinuated that their assistant, Melissa, had likely stolen the car and if there was a body in the trunk, it was likely hers. They told police that they had been worried about her for a while now and her drug use and stealing and told them that they had actually kicked her out a couple of days prior and gotten her a hotel for a couple of days. Craig had also bought Melissa a flight back home to Panama City, and she had stopped by the previous night to get some of her clothes and things, and she must have 
snuck back in during the night and stolen the car. And Melissa's mother says that she was expecting her to return home. She had called her mom, told her she had a ticket, she was coming to see her. So that was all true. He did buy her a ticket home. But she never made it back. Craig and Kelly were basically making Melissa out to sound like a criminal who was taking advantage of them. And she had taken their car and they didn't know what happened to her. And I'm not trying to say Melissa was an angel. She had her own run-ins with the law in the past with writing bad checks as well as experience with substance abuse. I'm not saying that she's perfect, but as we will see in this case, Kelly and Craig were not the most truthful when it comes to this case. After questioning Kelly and Craig, there was an autopsy of the body in the trunk, and they discovered that it was, in fact, Melissa James. Someone had wrapped duct tape around her head from the eyebrows to the bottom of the lips, which everything I read and looked at mentioned that it created some sort of death mask because it preserved some of her facial features. There was also a very large amount of narcotics injected into her system. I believe it was all morphine. And she had been beaten, strangled, had speaker wires and a cord from a bathrobe around her neck, and was also tased multiple times. Her body was burnt nearly beyond recognition, and it was never able to be clearly determined exactly how she died, like what actually killed her, or if she was even still alive when the car was set on fire. And how did she get in the trunk of a burning car? Police found it really odd that Kelly and Craig's theory was that Melissa stole their car while they were sleeping in the home. It was also weird that they had paid for her ticket home and a hotel and everything if they were kicking her out, which I personally think that buying her a ticket and hotel isn't that far-fetched, whether you're just wanting to make sure this person that your friend gets home safe, whether you're fighting or not, or you just want them the hell away from you. I don't think it's that far-fetched, but police found it really odd. So police subpoena Craig and Kelly's phone records for the night of the murder and discover that there are a number of calls to a guy named Anthony Gross that night around, I believe it was three or four in the morning. Anthony was a man who looked up to Craig and he wanted to be a bodybuilder and basically he was really easily influenced by Craig. So they bring Anthony in for questioning on December 19th. Anthony comes in for questioning with an attorney. Police question him, and they bring up their suspicion with him, especially regarding the time of the calls, as well as the fact that Anthony had a gray truck that matched the description of the one that was leaving the scene. Anthony ended up caving under the pressure, and he says he's going to tell them everything. He says that Craig called him that night and was frantically asking for help. He says that Craig asked him to meet them at a nearby gas station. So Anthony gets there and Craig and Kelly are sitting in her Jaguar and told him that they're going to get rid of the car. He said that Craig set it on fire and then he drove them back home in his truck. Anthony said that it wasn't until he saw on the news that Melissa had been found in the trunk that there had been a body in it. So the police are working to verify this claim and they see on security footage the truck and the Jaguar pulling into a gas station about an hour before the car burning. But they can't identify Kelly or Craig with this footage and they need to be able to actually link them to the location since they had claimed that their car was stolen. So now they subpoena their bank records. There was a purchase at a Walmart that was near the gas station and when they check the Walmart security footage they can see Kelly purchasing six bottles of lighter fluid. They also look at the footage from the parking lot. 
The video shows Craig and Kelly loading the lighter fluid into the back seat, and they never open the trunk because Melissa's in the trunk, so that's significant to police. On December 20th, six days after the body was found, an arrest warrant is issued for Craig Titus and Kelly Ryan. The police go to their home, and Craig's truck is gone. They're gone. The house is a mess. There's clothes everywhere, and they had obviously fled, so now there's a manhunt. On the 22nd, the police are contacted by two close friends of Craig and Kelly, and this is Megan and Jeremy Foley. They said that they had been invited over by Craig and Kelly the night of the murder, and they had assumed that this was to party. Kelly and Craig threw pretty legendary parties pretty often. So they come over, and they're hanging out for a while, and then Megan said that Kelly told her that they confronted Melissa about drugs and stealing, and then she had just disappeared. Over time that night, they admitted to the Foley's that a fight had broken out between Kelly and Melissa, and that Craig had stepped in and subdued her by putting her in a chokehold, and he accidentally strangled her. So then Jeremy and Megan are like, Okay, I think it's time to go. It's time to leave. So they're leaving and Craig and Kelly hand them a duffel bag and ask them to take it with them. Later, they get curious and they open the bag and there's a taser, a roll of duct tape, and a nightstick. So they hand this all over to the police and the nightstick actually has DNA from Craig on the handle and Melissa's is on the end of it. So it's not looking good. It's not looking like an accident like Craig and Kelly had claimed. So they're looking for Craig and Kelly, who were allegedly trying to leave the country, and the FBI are tracking them on their cell phones. Three days later, the FBI finds Craig's pickup truck outside of a Boston strip mall. Kelly is inside a nail salon getting a pedicure, because, you know, leaving the country, gotta have nice toes, and Craig is sitting outside in the truck. So they got him. They arrest them and they are, you know, rambling, changing their story. They're claiming they had nothing to do with it. They're saying that Melissa overdosed. So they're indicted on kidnapping, arson, use of a deadly weapon, and murder of Melissa James. At their first court appearance, Craig looks at Kelly and tells her, don't say nothing. And in his concern for his wife and wanting her to be able to possibly get some leniency and to avoid a trial and avoid the death penalty, Craig took a plea deal and pled guilty to second-degree murder, kidnapping, and arson on May 30th, 2008. He received a sentence of 21 to 51 years and will not be eligible for parole until 2026. Kelly Ryan pleaded guilty to arson and Nevada's equivalent of no contest to battery with a deadly weapon and was sentenced to 6 to 26 years. The plea allowed Kelly to avoid trial and avoid a murder charge. In 2009, a divorce was finalized between her and Craig, and in October of 2017, Kelly was paroled for good behavior and she served nine years of her sentence. Anthony Gross pled no contest to charges of accessory to arson and conspiracy to commit arson and was sentenced to probation. As for why or how Melissa died, Kelly and Craig won't say, and we might not ever know which, if any, of their stories are true. And that's the case of Melissa James. I told you at the beginning we might go through some theories, and of course, they never really said exactly why or how they did it. So I just want to say up top that these are all just opinion. I don't need anyone to get mad at me. 
So there's the theory that Kelly and Craig did it because Melissa was about to go home and they were obviously arguing that night. And Melissa said something about letting all of the drugs and steroids they were doing get out because basically she could have potentially ended their career and they wanted to stop her. There's the theory that Kelly was jealous that Melissa, a younger woman, was also seeing her husband and, you know, she acted like she was fine with it and she wasn't. And it reached a breaking point and Craig had to step in and things went a little too far. Personally, I think it's most likely one of those two. And given the amount of violence involved, I would say it's the first one. Because even if she did just overdose and they freaked out, why the taser? Why the nightstick? The strangulation? Like, I just don't see that being the case. But like I said, this is just my opinion. If you have a different theory, I would love to hear it. You can find me on Instagram at Murder Alphabet Soup Pod, and there's a post for all the episodes. And I also did a post for the holidays. So if anyone wants to know what my cat looks like, head on over there. Thank you guys for listening. I appreciate all of you. And without you, this year would have been not nearly as awesome. I think this is the last episode of the year, but I will be back after the new year. Once again, I hope everyone has a great holiday. Stay safe, stay cool, and I'll see you guys next year.